And hello, and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and man, t t tonight's the night, Matt. Uh, it's the Sunday night of the long Victoria weekend here in Canada, and uh, chances are you're either spending tonight, if you're a wrestling fan, watching Money in the Bank 2019, or if you're a normal person, you're probably watching the Game of Thrones finale, you know, only <laughs> the biggest television event and God, I don't even know, since Sopranos ended, so like years. What what are me and Matt doing tonight, though, everyone? We're, we're giving you this show because we cause we love this damn business and we love this damn show and we love you, damn it. We do. We don't stop for anything, including as well, Game of Thrones isn't the only show ending tonight. Uh, Barry is ending. Oh, that's done. Uh, uh, it's season is done, so it's oh. done for the year. Uh, as well as Supergirl is done for the year. That's right. We're nearing the end of all the CW shows as well. Flash uh, ended, was it this week or last week it ended? Last week, of record, as of recording this, it was the week right. just gone. I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt they yeah. got torn up about the loss of a certain character where it's like, okay, you're getting torn up about the loss of this character you know they gotta be born anyway, right? <laughs> That's what I don't understand. The whole thing was hinging on if if she's gonna die here, it was like, doesn't matter. Again, she'll doesn't be Doesn't matter. She's from the future. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, okay, you might not meet this version of her again, but, like, if things, like, shake out the way they're supposed to, maybe she'll be a better, more well-adjusted person when you meet her next time. <laughs> Did you think about that? So, someone who, who is not an idiot. <laughs> Might be nice, but you know, I uh, I, I like what Flash did with uh, what is it the the tiered villains. I like we had a multi-villain season and it wasn't just one overarching villain for twenty episodes. I I like that it wasn't just a speedster. Yeah, and then it turned out to be a speedster. And then <laughs> in the final minutes, it turned out to be a speedster. I'm like, man, you you guys are like heroin addicts. You're like just just one more hit of the speed, just one more hit of the good stuff in my veins. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it, they tricked us they tricked us they thought we were gonna have cicada the whole time as it was me all along barry they tricked us real good in that one i i also love tom cavanaugh's delivery where it's like see you at the next crisis yeah yeah and he, he probably will be in in the next crisis also uh arrow finished this week with a tie-in for crisis of infinite earth you were telling me yeah yeah the monitor came back yeah, Oliver, and that like there was a time jump, and Oliver had his daughter, and they moved to they moved out of Star City. He retired and everything, um, and the Monitor came came knocking for that deal he made in the uh, Elseworlds. Oh, right, and it involves him apparently going along with the Monitor to stop crises in other multiverses. I mean, or something. If you're gonna write Stephen Amell off, that's one way to write him off. Yeah, but I'm like, really? Green Arrow is going to stop all these multiverses? Green Green Arrow of all, all the all the heroes you know, Monitor? He's Green gonna, Arrow is the one? He's going to shoot his arrows at it. <laughs> he's shoot his multiverse arrows. He's shoot his multiverse arrows. We'll, we'll talk more about that later, because that's actually... We got some news on what the next big Crisis crossover is going to yeah. be. But uh, let's take this in order, shall we? Uh, and the first thing we have to talk about... Oh, excuse me, I'm just full of full of gases and unfortunate noises tonight. But before we started, I had to preempt the show for like a whole three minutes because I thought I was going to sneeze and then just nothing happened. <laughs> it was very anticlimactic. But uh, yeah, one of the first big pieces of news we got to talk about tonight is Disney uh, will be assuming full operational control of Hulu going on. And to think they went from just owning a stick 
Well, we're just going to put some shows on there. You know what? We might as well just do everything now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird that they, they're, they're having Hulu as well because, like, they've obviously got their own streaming service coming out. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they, they technically now have two streaming services. Yep. And I'm guessing maybe, like, although it's kind of disproved with stuff like The Mandalorian and all that going on to uh, Disney+, Plus, but I, I always assumed, like, if that, that did happen and it has, that Hulu would be, like, the stuff... Like the more harder stuff yeah. goes on there, like this, not all the Disney movies and all, or maybe the R-rated stuff and things like that. But but then I you don't get know. then you get the Mandalorian where it's like, well, this is really freaking yeah, hardcore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Mandalorians for the whole family. <laughs> now you see, it's fine, Matt. Science fiction violence is okay so long as aliens and robots get shot and faceless stormtroopers. Yeah, as long as it's not red blood it's fine it's fine you can it's kill fine. As, you can kill as many stormtroopers as you want <laughs> but yeah this is this is interesting that they're just like you know let's just do the whole thing i feel like they were having netflix flashbacks where they're like look we can put some of our shows on your service and we could own a stake in it too if we wanted but you know what? we've been we've, we've just been hurt one too many times we're just gonna take over everything yeah, it's funny you mentioned Netflix. Apparently, this way I don't think many people reported on it, but um, DC didn't re-up their contract with oh. with Netflix, like for the show, for like Flash and Arrow and all that sort oh, of shows. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, again, that's probably why Netflix is going. Oh no, we need to buy the Dark Horses and everything. And the Millerverse. We got to get the Millerverse <laughs> yeah. up and going. Because, yeah, because yeah, people want that. Because <laughs> come to think of it, yeah, you said this on Twitter where it's like, oh, really, they're losing all the CW shows and all this other stuff. Oh, I guess they're going to the DC app, too, now. Yeah, I guess they probably will be. Which makes more sense as a DC fan. I would like that they were all under, you know, one banner. Because, like, from what I understand, like, if you want Supergirl, you have to have Hulu, or you did at one point, but that's changed now, and it's a whole, it's a whole fucking mess. Just put it, put yeah, it all like in one place. Like, like like here, if I want, like, a show like Arrow, it's on Netflix. But then if I want to watch The Flash, it's on one of our streaming Australian streaming services called Stan. Oh, that's so funny. Like and here in Canada, two, it's, the, two different it's the other way around completely. I get Flash <laughs> on my Netflix. I don't get Arrow on my Netflix. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Let me ask you this. Okay, Disney, you're a huge multi-billion dollar corporation. You have enough money to buy and sell us all ten times over. Now that you own Hulu... Can you please make Hulu available legal in my country, please? Or are my snow dollars still no good for you? <laughs> yeah, well, I see. I wouldn't even be. I'd be fine with if they didn't make Hulu, but I just really want that Disney Plus to to come out in Australia at, at a reasonable time and not, you know, five years after it's actually already been out. It'd be nice. It'd be really nice. And of course, you know, you have all the same people, though they were a much less loud this time, where it's like, you know, how, well, how is Disney allowed to own so much of the streaming services? This is an unfair monopoly. And I'm like, everything's an unfair monopoly. And again, they, they, they own just it. They, they don't quite have a monopoly, but they're very close. <laughs> it's, but you're still gonna, they still gotta buy it and watch their products and stuff like that. Yeah. We're just legally, we're just legally out of there. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Also, too, here's hoping when you don't get these services, and it's like, oh, yeah, $6.99, we promised. Yep, yep, it's definitely, you can cancel your Netflix, $6.99. Okay, we got you, and now we're jacking it up to $12. Yep, yep. 
That would be some, like, fucking new Coke-level shit where it's like, hey, hey, <laughs> you can't treat me like this, but I still want to watch The Mandalorian, though. <laughs> so I guess you can treat me like this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was the big Disney news this week, but uh, we also got a lot of DC and Warner Brothers news. Perhaps the biggest piece of news hit only a couple days ago, and that is we might already have our new Batman. In fact, we almost certainly already have our new Batman, and it's Twilight's own Robert Pattinson. Yes, and the internet was obviously the level-headed uh, group of people they were and accepted it as <laughs> as for what it is, a, yes. uh, an actor who has grown since uh, he played a, a teenage heartthrob on a vampire movie made for girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's grown as an actor, but, you know, most people don't know that because they only see him as Twilight guy. And I mean, historically, and we don't even have to look that far back now, we have to look back only four years ago when Ben Affleck was cast and it was the worst thing that ever happened and it was the end <laughs> of the world then where it's like, hey, he's matured since, you know, Gigli and all this other shit. And he's a respected writer and director now and give the man a chance, damn it. And then we saw the movies and it's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we should have given that man a chance. <laughs> yeah, why did we give that more important? It's like, like, why did we give the creators behind that man a chance was the problem. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not only that. It's like you look back at, like, uh, Batman 89 and Michael Keaton when he was cast. The exact same thing happened to him, which is happening now to Robert Pattinson, where it's uh, goddamn petitions. And those, those change websites really need to, like, shut down. They're, they're, a, they're a blight on the fucking internet. Let's, um, let's start a petition to shut down change.org. Yes, yes. They're, no, but they really are. They're, they're absolutely horrible websites. The, the uh, but yeah, the same thing... Ha- I was going to say, it's like that thing oh. from Jay and Silent Bob. The internet has given everyone a voice, and everyone has chosen to use that voice to bitch about movies. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly it. But Which, ironically, yeah, Michael- who said that? Ben Affleck said that in that <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> I didn't even figure that out. Holy shit, he did too. <laughs> Holy shit, um, it's all connected. <laughs> So yeah, Michael Keaton received the same stuff because he was only known as a comedy actor, and, yeah, and we all know how great we all know how great that turned out. He was even, great as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Indeed, even Burton too. You have to remember, it's like whoa, 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 the guy from Mr. Mom and the guy who you know directed Beetlejuice, not my Batman. <laughs> Which you know, I, I will admit, you know that I I, I, I was quick to like jump on the joke bandwagon when I heard it was Robert Pattinson. Little did I know how much people are actually totally on his side now. I guess I haven't seen that movie Good Time, but I really should because everyone says it's really mm-hmm. great. Yeah, he was also in a really great movie. Uh, it'd be a few years old now called The Rover with uh, Guy Pierce. It's like a, a post-apocalyptic Western. Ooh. It's really great. All right, I'll have to check these out then. I, I think the thing, the reason why I didn't feel strongly one way or another when this news eventually came out was, A, I, I think the rumor had been around for a while that it might have been him. So I'm like, oh, okay, they yeah. went with one of the rumored ones. And also, it's like, guys, I'm really still not over Affleck yet. He was only Batman for four years and never got a solo movie. How do, you, how do I know if I get invested in Pattinson, he won't? get completely disillusioned and want to leave have you guys cleaned your house yet do you guys know what you're doing going ahead with this uh yeah it's very strange like this is has this is this the quickest turnaround of a casting 
It's just like this or Spider-Man or something. Yes, it? yes. I think I think this might be a little faster than the Spider-Man one, but yes, this is like ridiculously yeah. fast turnaround. They they haven't yeah. even had a chance to air out the last bat suit yet. <laughs> it's still the the stink from 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 Affleck is still in it. His back tattoo got all over in the oh, inside of it. Oh no, we can't wash it out. What do we do now? This this led to some truly adorable things on Twitter, and I tweeted about this. People saying like, "Oh, is Robert Pat?" Pattinson going to play the young version of Ben Affleck's Batman? Oh. Yeah, they're still clinging. He's still clinging to that. Like, he's still Batman, goddammit. Oh, that's that's so cute. You think that, A, and that's adorable, B, that you think these movies have continuity anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely not playing the older, older, uh, the younger uh, Affleck. Definitely not. <laughs> the second the $300 million Justice League movie underperformed, they were done with all of that. And now they're just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks, which isn't a bad thing. Sometimes you get Shazam and Shazam is good. Yeah, you know, saying that this is this is a Batman who's now young enough to hang out with Shazam and it not be really weird. <laughs> Won't that be nice? Again, the age difference really threw me for a fucking loop, especially when him oh, yeah. standing next to young Flash. And I'm like, this makes no sense. And even still young Superman in his own right. I'm like, why, yeah. why did they cast an old man to be Batman? Because, uh, again, Snyder saw those pages from Frank Miller comic and thought that was the only way you could do super, uh, Batman. Only only way you could go with the character. I mean, good good luck to Pattinson. You know, people say he's a good actor, and I definitely want to go check out some of his other work to see how he's grown and mature. But I know in the greater geek pop culture zeitgeist, I feel he's going to have a lot working against him. Maybe maybe more working against him since Keaton did to break, like, you know, the, uh, what is it, to break the stigma around him to be like yo i'm not just the twilight guy anymore which hey if he's able to pull it off i think this will be a great career defining moment for him to being like yo remember he was in those vampire movies but then he was a badass batman yeah i i am very much looking forward to especially with like uh matt reeves as director uh he's a great director and i'm intrigued to find the story i did see accompanying the the casting story that apparently like penguin and catwoman are going to be the bad guys. So we're not doing... really too hot about hot about that. I mean, do villains we haven't seen? Do fucking Clayface, you do, know? Do the Riddler do, do Ventri- for sake. Do ventriloquist, yeah, Riddler. All these villains that haven't been used yet. Yeah, can we uh, stop? But yeah, I'm interested. Go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, can we stop doing the same villains we've seen in movies already? He he has more villains, yeah. guys. That's that was always the annoying thing about Superman, and he's fighting Zod again. I'm like, but we've already seen it though. <laughs> yeah so i'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with the movie the, doesn't it start shooting soon or it has like to. next year or something or, yeah they they keep saying it's coming out soon and again they were saying it was coming out soon when affleck was still attached yeah yeah and like assumedly they'll have to you know make it undergo some rewrites then the fact that you changed actors right and i'm sure some stuff won't make sense anymore yeah, it's it's gonna be very interesting. I'm sure we'll have to talk about it again once uh, they recast Flash. Of, oh yeah, <laughs> well, and when they eventually, That's happening. and when they admit that they've recast Superman, even though they keep saying they haven't. <laughs> no, guys, I haven't been recast. I'm just The Witcher now, over here. See, see I was in Fla- I was in Shazam. See, you could see my body. That's clearly my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, just admit everyone but Gadow is out and just be done with it for Christ's sake. Gadot and Momoa. Yeah, like they did good. 
their movies made money, people like them, just just admit that they're staying and everyone else is gone, and maybe in a couple years, when we win your trust back, we'll try to do a Justice League again. (laughs) (laughs) Justice League, but good this time. (laughs) Justice League, that first one was a dream. <laughs> that one, that first one was when Batman tripped over in the Batcave and hit his head on the table. Hey, movie makers, you're learning the power of an amazing thing comic writers have known forever, and that thing is called retconning. <laughs> Didn't happen. Got crisis out of existence. Didn't happen. Batman's young now. Didn't happen. <laughs> retcon, retcon, retcon. We love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, from one piece of Batman news to another piece of Batman news, obviously we talked about Arrow coming to an end and CW building up to a major payoff for all of their stories. Well, they basically already announced, we already knew this because we watched that Elseworlds crossover, that Batwoman will be more or less replacing Arrow, and we got a full trailer for the Batwoman show that we got. Yeah, and doesn't really inspire much confidence in me. See, uh, again, I, I knew we were going to be divisive on this one, gave me essentially what I wanted from it. I'm like, yeah, this feels like Batwoman comics I've read. Even the stuff that people didn't like about it, where it's like, man, can you believe this Batwoman show was trying to have some, you know, uh, pro-women girl power sound bites? Yeah, yeah, that's that's Batwoman, guys. Maybe maybe not the show for you. you. You did point out something, Matt, though, that I never thought about, and now that you've said it, I cannot unsee it, and that is, hey, why are we having once again a superhero show on the CW where, you know, the white main character is assisted by a person of color as their tech advisor slash, you know, secondary, who were not sidekicks in the comics, but have been turned into sidekicks on the CW. Well, not only that, who have been turned into sidekicks, and they always appear to be somewhere on the spectrum. Like, like, like this. This is Luke. This is, this is fucking Batwing. You see him in the comics. He's fucking awesome. And here he's like bumbling nerd sidekick. Oh, I'm gonna work the computers, and as exactly the same as um, Mister Terrific on Arrow. Yeah. Who who did go out in the field, but he was still this bumbling idiot. Even even Cisco, which you know he yeah. It, which eventually, yeah, Cisco got to be vibe later and got to do stuff later on. But he was he was the little buddy. He was you know the skipper to Gilligan for a while. Yeah, it it really sucks, especially when it's like characters like Mister Miracle or Batwing when they actually have an established history. And if if it was someone new and I could understand that and they grow into a character, but it's like an actual real character in the comics who's had both of these those characters have had runs, yeah. have had comic book runs. I mean, if you wanted to make it a member of the Fox family, why not Tiffany Fox? I don't think anyone would have been mad if you used uh, Luke's sister. Yeah, well, yeah, you can have all these all these really interesting characters that are in the Batman mythos that don't get used all that much. It it definitely feels like they picked someone at random. It's like, okay, well, who? Well, Batwoman needs an ethnic sidekick. Who's her ethnic sidekick going to be? Luke Fox. He's not doing anything. Let's pick him. <laughs> and yeah, he's he, he's a bit of a doofus. You know, he's a bit of a young Sheldon, for lack of a better word. And again, you see Luke in the comments, like, dude, he's like an MMA fighter and like everything else yeah, like yeah. that. That that doesn't seem to match. It's like if you wanted a doofy sidekick, you could have picked anyone else. That there, there's a CW t- uh, template. I know our fan and friend Generation West goes into great detail about that. And that there's definitely like a winning CW template that they got with Flash, and they kind of put that on every show now. Yeah, and speaking of that template, they use the the, the template of the uh, the gay character as well that mm. we see in 
goddamn legends and all those where they have to tell us that, that they're, they're gay. gay every couple minutes which again if you've ever met a gay person they don't do that they're they're just yeah. like you and me they they eat cereal and wear pants and they don't constantly come out <laughs> to you every 10 seconds yeah so th- th- that's what i found really annoying is that they just kept like on and on about it and obviously probably the whole show's not going to be like that I, this is just a trailer to try and remind it has you. to like like um shorten what the plot will basically be of the pilot sell it to um, people in the cheap what's even weirder again because you mentioned that there i would hope they would have gotten over that problem with legends because in legends like okay here's yeah. a, here's a bunch of straight people playing gay characters for the most part with batwoman it's like no you cast a gay woman ruby rose is like a well-known you know gay advocate <laughs> and everything you would think she would be willing to speak up and be like we're not like this though yeah like maybe like say to her hey how like how would you like to be written like, like this is how we have and she'd be like no not like that that's 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 bad that's bad for representation yeah i, I hope they figure that out that being said i still like her in the role i it, it's funny you know that they're doing a thing that they did with flash but i forgot that they did this they premiere the character in a crossover but then they go back to tell you their origin story yeah yeah so we see her even yeah. before she starts wearing the red wig and everything i'm like huh yeah, in a repurposed Batman's costume, a Batman who was apparently just up and left the city. For this, some reason. This is Batman written by Tom King. I guess so. Uh, it, he's, he's in Arkham. He doesn't, doesn't care. And no, no one else is looking for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so she repurposes this Batman suit and uh, uses it to fight crime. And I'm not familiar with, like, all of her villains. Uh, who is this villain she's she's fighting in the first trailer that is her long lost sister wonderland alice okay, yeah. she, she doesn't know yeah, that do, do you think she'll do you think she'll they'll do that twist oh the sister oh obviously because you don't you don't pick that character if you're not going to do that <laughs> twist and in fact in the trailer she even says you know go go tell your father and i'm like ah he's your father too <laughs> yeah yeah we also get um obviously colonel kane yeah. uh who for, for me, he's, he's played by an actor who looks younger than he is. Like, they yeah. should have picked someone a little bit older. A little gruffer, yeah, agreed. Yeah. It's it's funny, too, you know, when I look at this trailer and everything, and I'm like, oh, okay, you guys writing this, you clearly read Batwoman Elegy, because this is Batwoman Elegy. It's one of the only readily available Batwoman <laughs> uh, trade paperbacks. I'm like, I'm glad you read that, because that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. You uh, know, like, speaking of the story, so obviously we get, like, she she finds out that like her cousin was Batman and takes up that role and everything. I I'm kind of disappointed in that. I was kind of hoping that we'd get something there where like she sees Batman like uh, she was saved by him at one point. Like like in the comics, she was like saved him. by him at one point and then decides to sort of become like him and but become her own version of it by doing like intelligence research yeah. and all that sort of stuff the, before becoming the actual Batwoman. The fact that she's like, no, I'm taking your cave and I'm repurposing one of your old costumes. It's like, oh, that's unfortunate. I would have liked to have seen you build these things. I think that would be a much yeah, more yeah. empowering message. But I also understand from a TV writing point of view, we got to spell it out for people in the cheap seats. And also we, we, we want a bat cave and we want a bat thing. Cause we're not going to get to do a Batman show. So we got to get it all out here in the bat woman show. Yeah. Yeah. They got to streamline it, which is a shame. Cause that, that, that would have been really great to see that and give her a bit more character development. I am happy. She's at least seeming to fight a bat woman villain 
in this. I kept waiting for it. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. What, what third tier Batman villain that they didn't get yeah. to in Arrow are they going to, you know, use here for her to fight? I kept waiting for it. And I'm like, oh, no, shit, she got an actual villain. Well, you see, now that we've got the excuse that this is an actual Bat family, they'll be like, oh, well, we can use all the Batman villains now. Yeah. Which, and, you know, no, what about her? What about that lesbian vampire that turned her into a vampire at one point? And what yeah, about, like, all these, all these magical villains and everything? That's the real thing. Are they going to go the magical route? Because for a long period of her history, like the last couple of years, <clears throat> in the New 52 Rebirth era onward, Batwoman was fighting magical threats. She was, like, the magical member yeah. of the Bat family. That was the niche they gave her, and I wonder if they'll go that way. Heck, that story, Elegy, where she, you know, meets her sister, Wonderland Alice, and fights her, uh, Batwoman is helped out in that story. She meets, like, the monster society of, like, Draculas and Frankensteins and werewolves who help her out. That's in I, there. I really hope... I really hope they do because it would differentiate themselves from like uh, yeah. what Arrow was, uh, what Flash is, what Legends is, what Supergirl is. Yeah, it would um, give it that extra. Like I know, obviously, Legends did magic uh, this season, um, to but effect, I would yeah, say. yeah, yeah. It's like kind of building off that what they did in there, and just like go with it and roll with like the horror magic side of her character. There's room to grow for the show, that's for sure, and that's why I'm definitely interested in it. And I hope other people are too, and if the trailer didn't win you over right away. Because, come to think of it, I think a lot of the CW trailers are pretty bad for the most part. Yeah, they really are. Like, oh, especially those first season trailers. Once they hit their stride, they're really good trailers. But yeah, the, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm hoping that there is something there that will win me over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at the moment, I'm just going to go into it very cautiously. I mean, we're going to watch it anyway, because it's our job to watch it. Yeah, keep yeah. Up on this shit. And uh, from one CW topic to another, uh, yeah, we mentioned uh, the next big crisis event, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, will include... Five shows, five nights for five hours of television in a mega superhero event that is seemingly going to bring to a close this chapter of this CW universe. I hate calling it the Arrowverse. I know Arrow technically started it all, but it's Flash that made it good and Flash that opened the door for everything. So let's just call it the CW-verse. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, th this actually sounds sounds pretty awesome and... It's, uh, I guess it was, is not something that's not been done before, no. which is really cool. I mean, th th they've added a little to it every time they do this. Like, uh, what is it, that Crisis on Earth X or Battle for Earth X? That was like four shows, and now this is five. So this is like the whole week you get it. Yeah, which is it's just really cool. And apparently, like, well, the rumor is that apparently I think the last episode of it will be arrows final episode as well that's smart that's a clever idea so so kind of tying it all off which is really cool i i hope when they were writing this i hope they had a chance to see avengers endgame and i hope that really inspired <laughs> them to be like oh shit so this is this is the benchmark now for closing you know chapters of big superhero epic storylines i hope i hope we have something as good and i think we will because five nights five shows okay let's get everyone together for one last hurrah yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. I, I don't think they've actually shot it yet because, um, mm. like, like the last one, I'm sure we'll see loads of set photos and oh, stuff, yeah. which I'm very much looking forward to. I want to see more of that Superman. Yeah, they're always good. Yeah, because we're going to have Superman and Supergirl in there and everyone 
<coughs> from the legends and you know everyone from flash and probably people they're gonna bring back who we haven't seen for a bit i'm sure yeah do, do you think they'll they'll go so far as to do a crisis which like molds all the worlds together i really so, like, hope they do supergirl comes into thing. i really hope they do too because as it as it stands this the the, the flash part of the universe doesn't have a superman no it does not i think doing it that way would streamline things make it you know more cohesive and also it's a good way to explain shit that they're gonna have to explain next season for a lot of shows like flash that is actually losing cisco and losing a bunch of actors mm -hmm. who are done with it now so it would it would be a good way to be like oh why is barry's life different ah because a crisis happened that's why yeah, a crisis happened and it's like shifted everything and molded, melded multiple flashes together and stuff like that. I'm really looking forward to seeing if they do that. That'll be really cool. Like, here's the thing. Like, I was so bumming on CW as a superhero universe when it started, but as time has gone on, I'm like, oh, this is actually the good DC stuff now because, like, they do cool comic shit like alternate Earths and crises. And you can really only do this on television when you have multiple hours, you know, in a given season to do this kind of shit. Yeah, and it, it, it's because, as well, they learned early on that they need to embrace those comic yep. aspects. Because, like, remember, like, the first season of, like, Arrow and stuff? I how it was, like, trying, trying really hard to be gritty, you know, Nolan, Batman stuff. And it's like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's just, you know, fuck it. Fuck it. Legends of Tomorrow, you know, Constantine, Martians, the all these sorts now, of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, just embrace it all. And, like, yeah, there's low points. There's points when I wish they would trim the fat on it when 20 episodes a season is just way too much. But, hey, you know what? Same is true for the comic books I read. And I would say, by and large, the good stuff outweighs the bad stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, so that's the big CW event. Uh, definitely keep your eyes peeled to the show because, you know, Matt and I, I'm sure, will have a big spoiler cast to talk about that because it's as big as a movie. It really is. It's bigger than a movie, in fact, at five hours. Yeah, I think it's coming later this year as well. Yeah, so more and more power to them. Happy for that. And you know what? The CW news just doesn't stop here because uh, remember CW Seed, their little app there where they've done animated movies in the past? I try not to. Some of them are pretty bad. Vixen was forgettable. Uh, the Ray was pretty good, and that Constantine one was really good. <laughs> Which is probably why I think he got on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> it probably didn't hurt that the fact that the actor lent his voice and that friggin' J.M. DeMathis wrote it, so of course it's good, because, you know, here's like a great comic book writer. Well, they announced what their next one was going to be, and it's going to be Deathstroke. They're doing a Deathstroke one for CWC. Okay, cool. It could, could be pretty cool. I can dig it. You know, maybe uh, get uh, Christopher Priest, who's writing the comic now, to come in and write a movie. That'd be fun. <laughs> I'm surprised it's on CWC, not D uh, the DC Universe. Yeah. Because like, they're doing animated stuff as well. It's true. Well, I guess C, they must have a contract where it's like, we get to do these many based in our universe. They have not announced if uh, Manu Bennett is going to do his voice in this one. Because, assumedly, okay. it's going to be connected in the same universe. Because all the other ones were connected and in the same universe. Even though freaking Constantine might as well have been in a whole other planet. But still. Yeah, I don't even know what happened to Deathstroke in the CWverse. Did he die or something? I don't know. I know for a hot minute there, they introduced his daughter, and then everyone hated it, so she went away. <laughs> I, I don't watch Arrow. I don't know. I'll take your word for it, but sure. But uh, I'll watch a Deathstroke animated one. Like I said, the Ray was good. Constantine was good. And they're getting better as, like, actual movies, too. It's a long throw from Vixen where it's like, hey, we made a 30-minute pilot and then chopped it up into five minutes for no reason and called it a season. <laughs> 
<laughs> called it a season of television for some stupid reason. Heck, apparently <laughs> the Constantine one people were telling me is that uh, you could watch that episodically or you could watch it together. And if you watched it all together, they put new footage in. Oh, that's cool. So you actually got more when they put it all together. <laughs> tell, you, tell you what I watched this week that was actually real cool. I watched that Batman versus Ninja Turtles film. Oh, I started it, but never actually came back to finish it. Was it good? Holy shit, yeah, I fucking loved it. Oh, I thought, that's good. like, they, they, looks like they're finally, like, giving these movies the budget they need to oh, actually do, like, fun fight scenes. The music was really cool. You know what? The, uh, the way it was shot was really cool. What was that? With the money, I bet because Turtles are owned by Nickelodeon or that uh, Nickelodeon yeah. has a stake in the Turtles, I bet they gave them a little extra money. That's true. That's true. That's probably why it did look actually really great. It wasn't the usual Young Justice style. It was sort of similar to it, but it but it wasn't. The only downside is they got Troy Baker to do the voice of Batman, oh. and he all he did was do a Kevin Conroy impression, and oh, it was shit. That's a shame. Again, it's just like, look, Troy Baker, you're super talented. Just be Troy Baker. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try and do an impression. All right, if you say it's good, then I'll check it out. I know. I really like James Tynan's work, and James Tynan was super fucking stoked that something he wrote got turned into an animated movie so quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Now, here's hoping you get the sequel now, because obviously it's a trilogy yeah. of books. Yeah, yeah, the two sequels. Yeah, that's right. So uh, that's some cool shit. Actually, it came out just recently, the third one, that they kind of like timed it perfectly, the first issue of the third part of the trilogy and the movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. People were asking me if I was going to cover it. I'm like, I don't know that much about turtles. Like, I like turtles culturally. I like them as an idea, but I've never like actually sat down and absorbed it. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of regret not doing it because I read that really awesome uh, He-Man versus Injustice, and mm. that that was a lot of fun. That was the, I think by the same guys, Tynan and uh, Freddie Williams. Right. You know what they should do if these are getting a little bit more money, they should make Injustice versus He-Man into a movie and they should do the Justice League yes. Power Ranger so they can pick up a little extra money from the other people. Yes. That's an idea. Look, D DC Warner Brothers animation, that one's free. <laughs> the next ones are going to cost you. But uh, moving on from there, uh, got some interesting Marvel movie news here or potential Marvel movie news. He never elaborated. But Kevin Feige said that the real Mandarin will be coming to the MCU somewhere. Yeah, probably Shang-Chi. They're probably going to make him his father. Which I think is the best, cleanest way you could deal with the whole, you know, racial insensitivity problem that is Fu Manchu. <laughs> just say it's the mandarin just say fu man shoot yeah that was like one of the mandarins like aliases you know when he was dodging his taxes he was fu manchu for a couple of years <laughs> he's dodging his taxes and then someone said but mandarin no asian person acts like this it sounds like you were written by a white guy who's never even seen an asian person before oh yes that was all part of the Ten Rings evil plan, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, the Ten Rings made you think that I was a racist cast character. <laughs> but I wasn't. I was actually me, the Mandarin, who was also kind of a racist caricature, but had a lot of time to not become that, and fans had a chance to compartmentalize. <laughs> no, I... do, do, do you think, like, um, with him coming in, like... Like he'll be like the the next big bad guy because he's got like obviously the ten rings yeah. and they're, they're they're quite a powerful artifact. So I would be fine. yeah, I could I could see him. But but do you think rings are too close to Gauntlet? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I, I I could definitely see the people who aren't so well versed in comics being like this character is a ripoff of Thanos. 
No, he, but he already has his ten rings, though. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, you know, apparently, you know, if rumors are true, the next phase of the Marvel Universe, that what they're going to try and do is have a bigger divide between the cosmic stuff and the street-level stuff. And I think, you know, this, like, James Bond villain with alien tech rings would be, like, a perfect big bad for the street level universe especially before you can get someone like kingpin in where it's like yeah this dude he basically runs friggin specter what are you gonna do yeah yeah i think that would be really cool to like set him up as the 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 avengers villain but obviously having him in shang chi first to set that up maybe put shang chi in the in avengers and all that sort of stuff which i'm sure that uh, will. yeah oh yeah definitely and yeah, I, I I'd be really happy with the Mandarin as as main villain. I'm sure like a lot of people will be as well because you know apparently Iron Man three you know did him injustice mm. even though he was never in Iron Man three and that movie made it very clear that he never was in that film. And that's that's the point of it even and that you know <laughs> Iron Man three had a lot going on in subtext that no one ever bothered to deal with. But, no. you know, but you know, let's let's not dig up those old wounds there. But yeah, I like the idea of the Mandarin, and I even like the idea of the Ten Rings even more to be this villainous faction post Hydra and everything. Because it's like, yeah, they're a terrorist group that knows no racial base, no country of origin. They can pop up anywhere. What what is their ideology? It's whatever we want it to be. The will of the Mandarin be done. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, it's like a great like. I, I guess like homage to like the the first phase of of yeah. Marvel and the first and the first Iron Man film where they were introduced. You bring in all that back, all that stuff back in uh, into the universe. It's a really great way to pay homage to that stuff and Tony Stark and all that sort of stuff. It's a good idea, most definitely. Uh... Now, our next piece of news here comes from the solicitations. Uh, DC put out all of theirs. Marvel's always late to put out their solicitations, and I don't know why. DC always makes a big deal about it, but Marvel just kind of slips it in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got all those new Year of the Villain titles coming out. Some of them look interesting, some more than others. Some I'm kind of like, meh. Like, uh, Tom Taylor is going to be writing a Black Mask one-shot. It'll be interesting, nonetheless. But also, remember when I said like Year of the Villains just felt like uh, Villains Month, but yes. stretched to a hop to fifty-two weeks. Yep. Th th that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Boy, is it ever just that! Right down to like, oh, we put some different villains with some different heroes and see, isn't it fun? I'm like, you guys, you literally did this five years ago. <laughs> like, literally, I bet the same person in the office pitched this idea too. I bet, I bet it was Didio or someone high up, and they all had to go, oh yeah, great idea, boss. Totally fresh and original. It's some guy who really loves villains and, and like, thinks villains are the heroes. <laughs> Which, hey, I love villains. I love reading about villains, but I wouldn't pitch these ideas so close together. No, no. <laughs> but uh, one of the other new titles we got coming uh, from Year of the Villain is a really, really unexpected one. It's a Ra's al Ghul-centric story. Ra's al Ghul versus Batman, where Ra's al Ghul seems to be the main character of it. And it's going to be written by frickin' Neil Adams. Yeah, man, uh, and he's drawing it as well. Um, Which is amazing. He, he, Neil Adams, like, the last, I want to say, like, the la over the last five years, has been getting, like, a lot of these, like, minis yeah. uh, from DC. He did, uh, he did Coming of the Superman. Uh, he did, oh, what was the other one he did? He did one between that and this one. Like, I'm blanking on it. As am I, but uh, I know what you mean. 
Yeah, yeah, and he's got this one. I think he's probably going to have some more coming up. But yeah, that's that's really cool that he, he's he's getting work like this. Yeah, it's nice to see old vets getting uh, what is it? Getting another crack at it, and especially someone like Adams, where it's like he he can still go with the best of them. He can still write. He can still oh, yeah. draw. Like yeah, how why would you not want him? To do one of these, and uh, it's funny too, this is coming out, and like DC's also coming out with a bunch of like uh, reprints of famous stories as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, really cool to, to see him him continue to do all this sort of stuff. I'm interested to see as well, like, like I think, um, like as well as to the coming of Superman, this, he's done, he did stuff in like action comics mm -hmm. and... And I think he's doing like a bunch of like variant covers and stuff. So yeah. he's still he's still got it. He does still have it. Also, too, I think this is coming out this new book, and I think they're also reprinting for the first time in a long time uh, the original like Demon's Head saga. So like him and Denny O'Neill and like the first ever Rachel Ghoul. And like that's that's really good because if you've never read that, you should read it because it actually really still holds up. Cool. So all you comic historians out there who want to, you know, check something out or relive it if you already have. But yeah, good good on Neil Adams. I definitely want to check that out. Again, you know, these Year of the Villain titles, eh, some are more interesting than others, but I definitely want to pick this one up. This one became a must-check out. If anything, this Year of the Villains thing, I like the setup more than the the Villains Month. The, the setup is interesting with what Scott Snyder did in Justice yeah. League. He, Lex Luthor has liquefied all these resources and given the villains what they need to defeat their own hero and stuff like that golden, that's cool golden parachutes for all the villains <laughs> yeah. yeah you get a golden parachute and you get a golden parachute i just i just want one villain who didn't actually spend any of the money to fight villains at all i just wanted them to be like no nah, man i got like uh, veneers and i got like a bunch of bling and a big pink cadillac yeah it's, it's like a superior foes type book where uh, like none of them's like no 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 we just went to like we went to Tahiti and just, like, got wasted. I want Captain Cold. <laughs> what, the fuck, what the fuck is Lex Luthor going to do? He's dead. Yeah, what the fuck he's going to do? Exactly, because they all think he's dead. That would be amazing. I want, like, uh, like Captain Cold or something to be like, nah, me and the rogues went to Vegas. We put it all on black, and we doubled our money. <laughs> I don't know whether you saw that, but there was a cover there. Um, like Captain Cold and the rogues are coming back, and apparently Captain Cold uh, got his powers back. Oh, yeah. He's I not using the... Again, he's got powers again. Yeah, he was freezed. I don't know how I feel about that, because I remember I don't know yeah. how I felt about the fl uh, Flash's rogues getting powers and then going back to gadgets. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I mean, I guess it makes him more dangerous, because it's like, oh, hey, look, I knocked the gun out of your hand. What are you going to do? <laughs> Damn it, you beat me again, Flash. My inability. I gotta to... get a string. I, he needs a string, <laughs> like one of those Wii remote strings. Yeah, like like one of them granny chains there that keep glasses on. Oh, my my inability <laughs> yeah. to hold things. Okay, well now I've super glued it to my hand. Now what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, but yeah. So uh, again, speaking about old comic creators coming back to show that they still got it. Uh, Warren Ellis was in the news this week because apparently he's talking about resurrecting Wildcats. Yeah, yeah, I think we actually got a cover for it. We did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> Neither do I, because I was never a fan of Wildcats the first time. What surprised me most about this news is that when I looked at the spelling of Wildcats, they spelled it normally, where in the 90s and in the cartoon, it was uh, K and then a bunch of dots there because, of course, uh, cats in Wildcats stood for Covert Action Teams. <laughs> Because that's what Jim Lee was really into back then, covert action teams. 
Yeah, all these teams were elite operative team mm-hmm. super secret special forces. The specialists of secret forces. And also, hey, look, Grifter's back in a thing, everybody. Oh, I remember Grifter? Vaguely. I remember DC kept trying to make Grifter happen, but Grifter didn't happen. Well, what was the last thing he was in? What was that thing that he was apparently in? And I think it might have been Future's End. I think that was it. Where it was like a big thing and nothing ever happened with him. He was one of the main characters in Future's End. They're like, nope, this is the thing that's going to launch him as the next big thing. And everyone's like, (laughs) nope. No, it's not. It really isn't. It really. They made him so important to that story. It's like, no, no, he can see Earth 2 doppelgangers because he can see Daemonites because his power is basically he's the dude from They Live who can see aliens. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, God, now you're giving me flashbacks to that Earth 2 story that didn't go anywhere. God damn it. Yep. That whole fuck them for canceling that series. I know, I know. You really and doing nothing with it because like, no, no, no. We're gonna bring yeah. back. Uh, we're gonna bring back the JSA. Oh, but Jeff Johns wants to write it, and Jeff Johns can't seem to finish anything recently. <laughs> <laughs> Even Shazam is apparently getting put on a like not hiatus, but yeah. they put a bunch of weeks in between issues because clearly someone had a talking to with him. They're like, Jeff, you can't keep writing other projects. You need to finish Doomsday <laughs> Clock. Finish it, please. Like, you need to... We've even put a stop to Heroes in Crisis because we want that final issue to coincide with Doomsday Clock. The series that we started as, like, a buffer in between, you now need to finish at the same time as it. Did did you see that, like, because Doomsday Clock's uh, pushbacks have fucked it up so much, because it was meant to be released on hardcover and stuff by Mm -hmm. now, it's pushed it back so much that they're having to release it in two parts. I saw that. That's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so you get the first part out, but second part become, eh, like, sometime. Like, look, I get it. Comics are hard. You have a lot of responsibilities. You're an artist. I understand. But if that was me, like if this podcast didn't come out for a long period of time, we had to stitch it together and release it in two parts, I would feel embarrassed. Yeah, I wouldn't feel happy. No, I would not want to show my face. I would feel really embarrassed. And then, and then you got this rumor, too, there, where it's like, okay, so uh, w- Killer Wally West going to the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's probably going to happen, and Azarello's probably going to ride it. But also, people are really, really mad at Heroes in Crisis. We weren't expecting, like, we knew they were going to be mad, but we didn't think they'd be, like, torches and pitchforks mad. So we might need to come up with a new mini series in between to try and fix what King broke before we Send him off to the Suicide Squad. Oh, God. Great job, guys. That's great. Just just take a bow for yourself. Just good job, guys. <laughs> good, good, good job. And uh, with that, we come to our last story of the week. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, D&D Descent was, uh, was this week. Their big D&D convention festival where they get all the Dungeons & Dragons folk together. Uh... Uh, what is it? Big, big fan favorite of the show, uh, Jim Zub, was there because, of course, he writes a bunch of the different D&D books and everything. And he had, you know, the yeah. big champions crossover type story. Uh, well, it announced that he's going to be doing another Dungeons and Dragons meet Rick and Morty type team up. Have you, if you had read the little series he did, Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons, I covered issue one on the channel. It was great, and now he's coming out with a whole Dungeons and Dragons module for Rick and Morty. <laughs> cool. It is That's cool. The the premise is really clever. The premise is, is that Rick's D and D character has grown much too powerful and broken into the real world, and now you have to stop Rick's overpowered D and D character. 
That, see, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's very funny because, again, if you read that book, you realize that, like, Rick was, like, the worst D&D player ever. He did, like, all the worst, like, metagaming and power creeping and all the other stuff because he hated losing so much. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds, sounds more fun than whatever season, what, six will be? No, four. For whatever it's on, I don't, I don't care. Did, did, I don't care. I see. I bet you did care, Matt, but I bet fans ruined it for you. I think this is. That, I said. I said this. I said this on Twitter. So I don't care about the new season of Rick and Morty, but what I do care is about all the weird ass fans that are going to start come creeping out of the woodwork now that their shows come back. All the you know pickle Rick tattooed on their anus people. Oh, and, yeah. All those sorts of Szechuan sauce people. Mm-hmm. Rick and That's Morty. what I'm most most excited for. <laughs> Rick and Morty is the perfect example of what I like to call the backlash zone, where something gets so popular so quickly that backlash is inevitable, and that's indeed what happened. And of course, <laughs> like you said, Rick and Morty, much like Star Wars, much like many other things I love deeply... The fans make it hard sometimes, where I'm like, I'm not with you people. I like it, but I like normal <laughs> people like it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't constantly quote it or mm. have to surround myself in everything about the show. Yeah, that's that seems a little much, is what it does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's the news, everyone. That's uh, That's what was going on this week. Some fairly decent topics, I felt. Yeah. And from there, we can hop into what we read this week. I read a lot, but I didn't read everything I wanted to read. Same, same. I've still got lots and lots to go. I actually just started today posting all my videos for The Hunted, the, the Spider-Man thing. Yeah, from issue 17 up to 21. You're, you're, Jesus doing, Christ. you're doing the Netflix thing. You're like, hey, everyone, a la carte, watch it all in one lump sum. That's exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, but yeah, let, mate, let's start with the best book that happened this week. And that was Batman issue 71. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> the, the, the bestest one. I mean, you know, Tom King, the creator and innovator of Batman, you know, came to gift us, you know, really gift us. You know, we, we didn't deserve it. We weren't worthy, but he gifted us with this, you know, literary masterpiece, you know, m- m- move over the Odyssey, move over the Bible because you're just done now. There's just no there's no top in it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So he he gifted us the best thing, and that is in in Batman's complete eighty year history, eighty one year history. He gifted us the first time Batman ever lost he's, ever. He's never lost before, never before. Not not when uh, his sidekick Jason Todd was killed. Not when his own son Damien was killed by the heretic. Not when Gordon's wife Sarah Essen was killed. Not when he killed that kid on a Venom binge. Not when <laughs> not 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 when all oh, the countless women he has dated have been murdered. Uh, because of their ties to Bruce Wayne. Not when Silver uh, St. Cloud married him, then betrayed him when he got shot up with weapons-grade crystal meth. Not when he got killed by Darkseid and nope. had to travel through time to get back to normal time. Not not when he got trapped in a dark multiverse. Not when all he this lost stuff. all of his memories after, you know, fighting over yep. Dionysium and everything. Yeah, all that. This is the first time Batman has ever lost, and he he lost, and he he got his mind broken because because he couldn't get married. Yeah, because because he, <laughs> he couldn't get. Not even that he couldn't get married. It's that Catwoman broke off the marriage because Holly, her friend, who is a mass murderer, 
who we know was a mass yeah. murderer, told her, you, you shouldn't marry Batman because reasons. And then she's like, oh, no, I didn't think about reasons. I have to call it off now. And she would have gone yeah. through with it if Holly didn't say the thing. And Holly only said the thing because Bane told her to say the thing because Bane is behind everything. Yeah, Bane is behind everything because he has to be for some fucking reason. Uh, but yeah, this issue saw Batman assemble his army, which is like half the Bat family, because the rest he couldn't get get a hold of because uh, Dick is now Rick, which Batman references in this, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. And my and my, and my thing, I'm just yelling, I'm like, why is no one in the Bat family helping Dick? He's lost his. Why is no one doing anything about this? Why are you all okay with this? <laughs> so they assemble half of that and the family obviously don't think batman uh is right in assuming that bane is behind it all because they've got like arkham city footage that shows bane is still in still a man baby or right. whatever the fuck he is catatonic Ooh, also uh we said he assembled half the bad family technically it's half the bad family plus huntress because tom king seems to be under the impression <laughs> that huntress is part of the bad family in the new 52 post era which is not the case. She's friends with Barbara due to Birds of Prey, and she knows Dick from his time in Grayson, but she actually has had very little dealing with Batman. Yeah, yes, but you see her costume has uh, bat ears on it, right. so that means she's part of the Bat family. Absolutely. Uh, Luke Fox doesn't get invited, though, even though he's no, called Bat no. Wing, and he lives in the city, but he doesn't get called. Yeah, Batman doesn't call in the outsiders either. No, even though they just became a team this like in the last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he calls in Duke, but uh, but Duke, Duke gets Duke, to be Duke there. is the one. But yeah, Duke doesn't. You know, he he's not going through the PTSD of karma or anything anymore. He's he's completely fine here. Jeez, it's like there's a massive amount of disconnect between all the people who write <laughs> Batman books. <laughs> Tell me about and, it. And uh, yeah, they they they, they go and and storm arkham and batman yells at orderlies who probably don't know what's going on no it's just um, a normal hospital which blows me away too because it's like okay batman you already tried this with gordon and came up with nothing so your plan was to do the exact same thing again and hope that it had a different result <laughs> I, I like gordon at the start of this he's like get out of here batman no one wants you because go get because remember get. <laughs> batman backhanded gordon the last time he saw him for no reason yeah. After, after beating beating Bane into a coma, <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's, so the, yeah, that, that story is intercut with Batman confronting Bane and uh, Thomas Wayne. Who we still don't have a reason why Thomas Wayne is helping Bane. Nope, not a, and, no reason. Whatsoever. And Batman isn't that shocked to see his father next to no. Bane. He's not like, Dad, what the fuck? Also, how did you survive your universe blowing up? <laughs> Also, is this the right right way to tell me that you don't want me to be Batman? This isn't the right way, Dad. You know, this is you didn't like psychotic. you weren't like this during you weren't like this during the button. Yeah, but maybe you're not even here. I don't know because apparently Batman can't trust his own mind now. Which it's like didn't didn't you just do this in Mister Miracle? Did you not do the exact same unreliable narrator? Oh my God, you're repeating yourself. Yep, and uh, yeah, so him and Bane kind of a tussle. He 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 hits Alfred. For some reason, 
which again add that to the list of people batman has hit uh he punched out alfred when he thought he was under poison ivy's control backhanded alfred for saying he was crazy hit tim because he said he was acting crazy and also hit alfred again here for trying to serve him soup when keep in mind as far as batman knows batman thinks he's been gone for weeks as far as he knows alfred has been bane and his dad's prisoner for weeks and that's how he treats him yeah, yeah. There's another thing. Batman has been gone for weeks, and none of the Bat family decided to look for him. No, no one thought to look. Although later in the issue, they say, oh, no, you left in the night, and you've only been gone like this long, but they never say who's right. Yeah. It's either been a week like, and, or a day. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, and then obviously, like, Batman has proven to be, I guess crazy because like there's no footage or evidence of Bane ever leaving his cell or coming out of a coma or anything like that. And then the family does what what reasonable people will do and just be like, "Hey, let us help you. We know something is wrong. We'll be there to help you. We we know the thing with Selina kind of hurt you a bit." And what does Batman do? Ah, oh, he just punches his son. Just decks Tim in the face because fuck you. I'm not crazy. Yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck you. Batman cannot show emotion, and because that's what that—that's what that whole thing was about. Tim was saying like he knew he loved, he knew Bruce loved Selena, mm-hmm. and uh, like had an emotion. And Batman's like, you don't know what the fuck I am. I'm emotional. I'm Batman. I can't have emotions. T- Tom King's Batman is slowly but surely morphing into the Will Arnett Batman from the Lego movies. All I feel is anger, twenty-four-seven, sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's become he's literally becoming the parody version of Batman. All I feel is anger 365. I'm a death metal rapping machine and I'll show you. <laughs> that that's going to be the next issue. That's going to be 72. Batman's going to take up rapping, you'll see. Yeah, so just Jesus Christ. I'm still I'm still boggled that people are defending this because it's just complete and utter like tripe like Drek, yeah. what the hell? And yeah, no, it's and, and absolutely no garbage and not only is it drek but it's repetitive drek is the thing where it's like oh yeah. ba- batman can't trust his own mind he may have gone crazy you know at least when grant morrison did that same thing not too long ago he shot him up with weapons grade crystal meth and made him dress up in a stupid costume and run around through the streets to really push how crazy he was being yeah exactly i maybe king saw that and it's like i'm gonna do that but i'm gonna make it like more sophisticated and better also too you know hey batman having a marriage breakup silver saint cloud again too grant morrison yeah. did that also you know oh it's and she a, was killed she was too also you know big big conspiracy that you know batman can't control and they run everything and they run the whole city didn't Snyder do that like every couple writers? Has, has literally every Batman writer done that? <laughs> At some point or another? Just Jesus Christ. Again, all these things that Tom King thinks are like new and revolutionary to Batman Aren't has you? been done in his 80-year history. It shows that Tom King never actually read that much Batman when he started writing Batman because he is so pleased with all of these things that he does, thinking, oh, I must be the first to have done this. Well, that's Yeah, that's the thing, like... Only his Batman is canon, and he only what he writes is canon for this character. Mm-hmm. None of the other characters. Not, what we see in like Justice League or Detective Comics, that that's not his Batman. That's that's another world's Batman. That's that's not me, Chief. That's not me. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, King's Batman, same as it ever was, same as it ever was. <laughs> I'm gonna be interested to see what this because he keeps touting this level, uh, this issue seventy five. Like this is the big one. This is a big one, like, 
is it is it though is it he keeps saying he's gonna change the character forever <laughs> which the fact that he literally opened the first arc of this by saying oh batman's gonna die he's just gonna kill him at the end of it i saw i saw someone like and this someone made this up and i'm like this is that's too good that tom king would never do that it, it was something like alfred is gonna turn against batman for like what he's done and and kind of become a villain Right, that was that was Kirk FM who wrote that, who we follow. Hey, hmm. Kurt, if you're listening to the show, there. Which again, yeah. uh, uh, again, if Tom King did do that and turn Alfred into a bad guy, uh, he wouldn't even have been the first to do that either. That was done like back in the '70s. There was a villainous Alfred. I forget what his name was. The the stranger, the gentleman, the outsider. But yeah, he totally became a villain one time. He went missing in fact uh again to bring it back to forever evil alfred's evil counterpart from earth 3 used the same name as his supervillain did and we found out later oh that was actually evil alfred yeah yeah so it's all been done before they he could or he could do something like what neil gaiman did in um whatever happened to the cape crusader where where uh, alfred was responsible for all the villains to keep that uh. keep the the mentally uh, mentally deranged Bruce in Under check control, and keep yeah. the Batman Batman in check. So it's already been done. Already been done. <laughs> Alfred is actually behind it all. Bane, Bane's just a <laughs> Alfred is Bane. He like rips off a mask and he's got all these big muscles and just <laughs> Don't don't you see, Master Bruce, I'm an actor, the greatest actor who ever lived. <laughs> it was actually me. I didn't want you to get married because I figured you'd, you know, you'd put her in the will, and if you died, which you're probably gonna die being Batman, she would, she would get all your money, and I would want all your money, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> the, this time, the butler did do it. <laughs> there you go. We just, we just spoiled issue 100 of this series. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Yeah, what a shame. It was, it was all Alfred all along. <laughs> <laughs> uh but from there to some better stuff what else did we have this week matt uh we had war of the realms issue four uh, yes yes, four. yes we did yeah this this was a cool issue indeed it was you know it's it's it was a bit of a send-off for freya and odin and everything and them getting to kill more dark elves in one day than any other person ever did yeah and the, the one thing that that's that still like like itched at me was that like the fact that the story that was meant to be in like some of these tie-ins is mm. just the main story in in the in the book now <laughs> it's a little annoying isn't it yeah so so yeah so we got freya who, who's got the bitter bitter hands bitter sword yeah uh, which sort of gives her power in svartalheim and, and the sword as she says it could could hold off all of svartalheim uh if need be and then she can use it to destroy the black bifrost uh, it's kind of like the opposite of of Heimdall's sword. Yeah, it's corrupting her, turning her to the dark side, which is very frightening for everyone involved. Yeah, which again is something she references in that Strike Force book. Uh, which again, why wasn't it done in there? Very, very strange pacing for this one. I like we get a little funny little aside where all the different members of the Strike Force go to all the different realms to try and rally all the Norse good guys to come and help them. Yeah, the Norse good guys and spiders that are good guys, apparently. The, spi um, the spiders of hell. We promise they're good. I know hell and spiders are two bad things, but these ones are on our side. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they go there. Uh, obviously, Cap's team bring back uh, Thor, who is gr grievously injured. I was kind of hoping they would do more, because at the end of the last issue, 
uh, we we saw like Logan say he's in a berserker rage, and I was kind of hoping we'd get like his team fighting Thor a little bit. Apparently, that's going to be a tie-in because we're getting uh, what oh is god it? damn it, we're getting like the Northlands. Like apparently, that's going to be a thing, so that's probably going to be a tie-in how they got him under control. Oh. They haven't really timed these times very well. They really have not. Like, I'm liking War of Realms in terms of content, yeah. but man, the rollout has been not great. Yeah, all these times should have happened before this issue. Which, in fairness, it's like, well, this is only six issues, I think, and it's actually coming out pretty quick. So it's like, should I complain? Because usually they make it longer as to facilitate all these tie-ins. It's like, it's you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, I suppose so. But yeah, they... Just to just move things around a little bit, maybe. Just a little bit more, yeah. It's funny. There's Again, there's a lot of dark humor in here through the Punisher. Because the Punisher, when Thor comes back, is like, sorry about your family. Here, take the destroyer arm. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's getting, like, heaps to do in this series. I love it. I it's... absolutely love that. Frank Castle, this guy who kills, like, mobsters in the back streets of New York, is it's going around the, the realms, like, killing dark elves and cinder's men and whatnot clearly jason aaron is still a fan from when he wrote him so that's why frank yeah. has all the fun stuff to do like like it's weird the characters that are getting little side pushes here punisher is getting a side push definitely venom is getting a side push i'm shocked venom is as prominent in this story as he is and not even yeah, venom, and just the symbiote I, I want to talk to you about the venom thing because the, yeah. the this symbiote thing like uh, we see, like, Malekith using it as a weapon. Like, yes. he turns it into a dagger. Mm -hmm. So, but, like, in the Venom book... Have you been reading the Venom tie to this? Uh, they haven't come out yet. I read the one. I think there's only been the one, one so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in that, it seeks to imply that the War Witches give the Dreamstone Crystal to Eddie. Yes. So he, bec so he can become Venom, or, like, get a Venom-like armor. Yes. Which then Malekith will use as a weapon. Right, to or at so, least try and so he, control him. The idea being, oh, so he, he was going to do do it twice and have like two venoms. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that doesn't add up, and the champion stuff doesn't add up with Miles being in two places at once when he really shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, like the the actual venom symbiote is it's on its own now, isn't it? Yes, because they had a big falling yeah. out at the end of the last venom arc. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that stuff doesn't really add up. But like, I guess it's like eh, no one would really notice unless you're reading like us and reading all of these books in supposed order. Exactly. It's the, the no one has enough money to follow all of these tie-ins. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> well, jokes on you, Marvel, because we are. It's it's so funny too to hear Malekith talk about Null and like everything we know about the symbiotes. We're like, oh yeah, the god yeah. of symbiotes made them to be weapons. You know, in fact, uh, the the All Black, the uh, sword that Gore the God Butcher used. In fact, I'm sure that's why Jason Aaron is making reference to it. Oh yeah, was the first symbiote. Yeah, well, as well that that sword it, it appears in in those flashbacks in the Thor into in the far future, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. The, the Necro Sword. Yes, that it keeps coming back. It turns uh, Ego the Living Planet into Ego the Necro Planet, then Loki into Loki the Necro God. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why Aaron keeps bringing it back. He's like, no, no, no. I've actually been doing a lot with this, and then Kate's took it and ran with it and made it part of his story too. Yeah. And plus, the next big event is going to be Absolute Carnage, so I'm guessing they're like, no, 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 give, give, give us a little taste of it here. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a, it, it's going along at a good pace and everything. I'm interested to see what these last two issues are going to do since they they've effectively kind of like ended the big thing, which is like get the bi get the dark Bifrost and destroy it, which is what yeah. uh, an Iron Man suited Odin and Freya did. That's pretty fun. Um, it was pretty cool. It was the Iron All Father. I like that. Also, too, with Freya and Odin assumedly dead, and uh, Jane Foster being made the new All Mother. That means Thor is now All-Father, too, so now you have Jane and Thor, who aren't in a relationship, but assumedly when this is all done, we'll have to rule over Asgard together until they, unless they figure something different out. Do you think Thor will actually want to take up rule, or will they go, like, the movie way, where it's like, I'm tired of being to told what I should be doing, and doing what I am, and that sort of stuff. I mean, that's always been the thing for Thor. He's always fought against being All-Father, and sometimes he has been All-Father, but again... In Jason Aaron's far-flung future that he keeps referencing, mm. Thor is the All-Father there, and he has the Thor Force yeah. instead of the Odin Force. I'm like, well, that's a way to start it. They could definitely go that yeah. way if they wanted to with it. I'm actually more interested if Jane is going to keep the title of All-Mother when she becomes Valkyrie in the Valkyrie book with Jason Aaron has sworn will be his final word on, the, on Thor as a series and as a character. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I she probably won't. I, I have a feeling maybe Freya and that are still alive, or they'll come back somehow. Well, they always come back eventually because they're as guardians and they're endlessly reincarnating. Yeah, yeah. Would it be funny if we got young hip Freya and Odin? Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> yeah, like a yeah, young Odin. Oh, that'd be really awesome. Hey, everyone, I'm young Odin. I'm your cool Norse dad. <laughs> and I, I, it'd be even better if he was, like, the opposite of old Odin, where old Odin is, like, a drunk, like, kind of buffoonish, whereas, like, young young Odin's, like, refined and, like, a real gentleman Asgardian. I mean, I guess he isn't because in Avengers BC, we see him about the same age Thor is now, and he's, he's just more like Thor. Yeah, yeah. There's another way that I could come back, that Avengers BC stuff, because that hasn't been come come back for quite a while. Like, no. we haven't had that for, for a long time. Like, the last time that... Was the last time that the Iron Fist one? Yes, it was. Yeah, that was ages ago. It's been a little bit, because, again, Aaron's been busy with all these events. That, that would actually be fun, too, if we kind of double back and be like, hey, let's tell the story of how young Odin met young Freya. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. That, that would be fun, especially because... Uh, Odin, uh, like the young Odin, is kind of in a relationship with the Phoenix Force. Yes, he is. And in fact, Aaron implied that he still kind of has feelings for her, kind of like yeah. a first love type thing. Mm. First loves burn the hardest, literally. Yeah. That that damn trifling hussy, the Phoenix Force. <laughs> yeah, her, her, and her and Freya are gonna go fight in the car park of Asgard. Oh man, see, th that's an issue right there. Freya <laughs> taking out her big hoop earrings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kicking, uh, Phoenix Force kicking off her high-heeled shoes made of fire, <laughs> and then just like spear, spear. Yeah, fighting in the Walmart car park of Asgard. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> That's an episode right there. He's an ancient king of a of highly advanced Norse society. And his wife says that he's cheating, or she's been cheating on her with, with an ancient embodiment of fire and creation? Really? <laughs> That's fun. But yeah, War of Realms fun despite some pacing issues. Yeah, yeah, would it, would be 
bit better if the tie-ins are a bit more like uh, swapped around with what actual tie-ins are coming out with what actual main issue. Yeah, very, very strangely handled. Uh, I guess from one Marvel book to another, I had Spider-Man Life Story this week. Ooh, tell me, how is that going? Oh, it's wonderful. It really does feel like Chip Zdarsky, th- this is his masterpiece. We are watching a painter paint his masterpiece. Cool. I, I, I fell off on it, so I'm just like, fuck it, I'm going to wait for it to come out and trade and buy like the big big hardcover of it, because I've seen pages from it, and it looks amazing. Oh yeah, that's not a bad way to do it. Uh, we're in the 80s now, is what we are. The Cold War is in full effect, and that actually serves as an interesting backbone to this story. Okay. Basically, all the major heroes, all the ones you know, they, like, disappeared. No one knows where they went, but they disappeared in an attempt to try and, uh, like, placate Russia and try and, like, down, uh, like, downplay the big uh, potential nuclear threat between the states and Russia. And Russia was like, well, you guys got heroes. Okay. Your heroes are more dangerous than any of our nukes, so they have to go away now. <laughs> so kind of kind of like Doomsday Clock and the Superman theory. A little, oh, pfft. Again, you mentioned Watchmen. There's literally there's literally a guy in the crowd with the end is nigh, and it's clearly just Kovacs. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> C- clearly, just him. Uh, ooh, they mentioned Secret Wars. Uh, Mary Jane is giving birth to twins. And ooh, it, and, interesting. Yeah, uh, one named Benjamin and one named Claire. Obviously, Benjamin is a reference to Uncle Ben. I don't know what Claire is a reference to. No, Mary's mother. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah what the fuck is mary jane's mom's name because i know she had an aunt and that aunt lived next to aunt may and that's how they knew each other originally but this is a new universe so who knows yeah maybe claire is just someone zadarsky knows who knows yeah but uh yeah she's she's having kids and peter isn't there because peter is off fighting in the secret wars okay because that's brand new and that happened and uh He's he's older now, Peter. He's got to be like late thirties, early forties now because he's aging in real time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, cool. So by the nineteen eighties, he's already haggard and tired, and he's like, "Man, I got a family that I'm trying to take care of. I'm like an Avenger now. I'm fighting in secret wars and major events." Poor Aunt May is going senile because she's like ninety years old. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't realize they were doing, like, the whole, like, he ages over time. I thought they were just going to be stories from, like, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Oh, no, they're... they're... I didn't realize they were, they were, like, a carry-through. Oh, they're carried through, and he ages in real time. It's very fascinating, Ooh. the way they handle it. And cool. in his desperation, he's like, man, I wish, I wish I had something to, you know, help my life go easier. I wish I had something that would let me balance all these things. And then... On the planet for Secret Wars, much like in the original story, the black suit comes to him. Nice. But awesome. He, but here's the twist, though. It's not that he finds the black suit. They literally seek to imply that he wishes the black suit into existence. Ooh. Which I like even more. I'm like, oh, so it's literally acting as, like, all of his worst impulses given flesh. Cool. Yeah, it's it's really smart, and obviously, you know, he uses the black suit too much, and people are saying, like, oh, you know, is Spider-Man going too far? Is he an anti-hero now? He's, you know, inspiring all these Spider-Man copycats and everything, and one of those Spider-Man copycats running around uh, with a gun in New York City is Kraven the Hunter, because we're also doing Kraven's last hunt here as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I, I, 
do they do they touch on because there's act, there's the the symbiote Spider-Man's uh, book out at the moment as well, um, which uh, t- fills in the gaps between when, once he comes back from Secret Wars, where the mm. suit was like taking Peter's body out yeah, at night, autopiloting it. Like, yeah. yeah, do they do they touch on that at all? A little bit, but it's its own universe, and again, it's more of a it's more of like an allegory for drugs, you know, being like, oh, I just, I, okay, just yeah. I, I just need a little black suit to help me <laughs> get through the day. And uh, it's funny because you know they kind of change up Craven's reasoning for why he's enacting his last hunt plan, and again they tie it back into the Cold War because Craven is Russian, obviously. Yeah. And his thing is like you know Spider-Man, you used to be so amazing and you know such a stunning physical specimen, but you're slowing down. You know you're getting more haggard and older. I need to end your life now while you're still in your prime. And I need to hurry up and end your life now because of the threat of nuclear war between the nations. We might all be dead tomorrow. <laughs> and so he buries him alive like he does in Craven's Last Hunt. The only difference is he escapes because he calls to the black suit and the black suit psychically comes to him and he punches his way out of the grave. Only he's Venom now. <laughs> <laughs> okay so venom is literally like all the evil desperation in peter and he would have killed craven too if mary jane didn't step in with a sonic device and stop him <laughs> but this also serves as like all right you know this is too dangerous you put you know our kid's life at you know risk too many times you won't uh move your aunt into a home even though she really needs it and so this story ends with like mary jane leaving with the kids huh Okay. So this is like the Empire Strikes Back darkest moment. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> huh. Awesome. But yeah, this this story, so many great twists and turns and ideas and just like just such a love letter to Spider Man throughout the ages, Zadarsky really did his homework. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff. You you will have a great time when you read it in trade. Nice, awesome. Alright, so what else did we have this week as well? I'll let you pick one. Uh, we had Superman issue 11. We did. Lots of stuff happened on the page, but very little actually happened in the book, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm just going to say, like, like throughout this whole issue, I was reading it, and, like, the more I'd get towards the end, I'm like, oh, 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 Bendis forgot about Supergirl. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And really, he did, because she's just like, ah, Supergirl, she's here. Yeah, just you know. My favorite favorite thing is that, you know, Superman goes to try and, you know, talk to his father, but he walks into the middle of, like, a major space battle between all these different factions, and Superman's like, oh, yes, it's the Hawk people of Thanagar. I know them from Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Uh, Actually, they they shouldn't be here because their planet has been, like, decimated in Justice League, and they really (laughs) shouldn't be here in these numbers, but okay. And then he's like, ah, yes, the Trillium Collective, the greatest empire in the DC universe. And I'm like, they weren't last week. But now they are. Oh, they're Bendis creations, so of course they are. And the Kuns. I'm like, the Kuns? From Invasion? Oh my god. Yeah, age, like a deep pool. A deep pool. What is weirder, the continuity that Bendis chooses to just full out ignore, or the continuity he chooses to bring in? <laughs> it it's, it's very strange. It's no. very, very strange. At least this issue, 
all the dialogue was okay. There was no weird fucking dialogue choices. No I one d- talks like they were kicked in the head by a horse. Uh, I disagree. Rogel Zar at the beginning when talking to Zod. Hello, Zod. I am Rogel Zar. I destroyed Krypton. <laughs> Would you like to come work for me now? Even though this completely goes against everything you believe. Also, you've escaped the Phantom Zone before, so you can help me escape now. But we'll do it off panel so we don't have to explain how we escaped. <laughs> Remember uh, the Phantom Zone where you're like literally phantoms in it? Yeah. But you're not now? <laughs> no, now it's just a place you go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's strange. Uh I, I understand what you mean by that. Yeah, that dialogue wasn't wasn't too good, but that's like all of Rogelzar's dialogue, the whole whole issue. So yeah, he doesn't talk again after that. Because he's barely a character. <laughs> I said in my review, like, so throughout this whole issue we have Superman uh, in super speed, I'm glad they actually set that up because I was I was going to complain like, oh, they just stopped in the middle of this battle to talk. Mm. They actually make a point in saying they're actually talking at super speed, so there's like they have all the time in the world basically. What a what a um, flash thing to do. Yeah, and uh, Superman's trying to understand why all these races are attacking, and I like like John's like, hey, like. Jorah was like, oh, Zod and Rogozar attacked us. And, and John's like, and then three three armies just suddenly appeared out of nowhere. That What, what are you on to, Grandpa? What, yeah. What's going on? And, and then they left for some reason. They had you dead to rights. And then they left. And then this happened. Well, Man, this well, is They seem to imply that they left because Superman appeared. You know, the guy who's asked that they could kick very easily. Yeah, I don't know. Rogelzar's power he, level keeps going up and down. Sometimes he's stronger than Superman. Sometimes he's on an even keel with him. Sometimes Rogelzar runs away because he can't beat him. Yeah, he needs help from Zod or something. Um, but yeah, that Zor El just like keeps sidestepping the questions over and over again, and I felt like that that was Bendis telling us that he doesn't have an answer. Yeah, <laughs> not yet at least. He's just going to keep doing it, and then one issue is going to be the truth revealed. That's what oh, yeah. the, the little title on the cover is going to be, and uh, and he's suddenly going to like Jorah suddenly just going to say, "I'm going to tell you everything, son," uh, even though I should have done it four issues ago. Oh yeah, you can bet money on that. And to his credit, Bendis is a master of sidestepping questions. He's doing it in Young Justice. He's doing it here. You did it with Miles Spider-Man forever, where it's like, but what? what's the answer, though? I'll tell you next time. If See, even. that's the thing. He's doing it in all of these, and he's not doing it in Naomi, which is finishing up very soon. And again, that's probably because he has someone sitting there next to him going, no, Bendis, bad Bendis. Tell him about it, this issue. Yeah, God, can David F. Walker... Just be with him on all these books because A, David F. Walker is a great talent and needs more work. And also, he needs someone over his shoulder, like you said, to be like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. He needs the filter, that that filter that, like, pulls everything that's actually good and interesting and, and puts it in the book. And gets rid of all the, we'll explain this next issue, we'll explain this in the coming tie-in or something. Especially someone like David F. Walker, who has had so many of his books canceled. I'm sure he would be the perfect yeah. one for that. To be like, no, Brian, you have to do it now. You don't know if you're going to get another issue. To which I'm sure Brian's like, but I'm always yeah. getting another issue. I'm being paid thirty grand yeah. an issue. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, Bendis just laughs. 
That's so cute. Wipes, Jay. Wipes, wipes his face with the with the money he makes. Oh, that's so cute, David. You come from a world where you don't know if your next issue. <laughs> <laughs> what is canceled? <laughs> yeah, regardless of quality. Which again, David F. Walker, <laughs> some amazing quality books that unfortunately not enough people read. His Iron Man and pa- or his Iron Fist and Power Man series. One of the best takes on it. His Luke Cage book, same deal. Great. No one read it. Yeah, they were awesome. I read them. I was the one. I was the audience of one. <laughs> Which, goddamn, he's such a kind man, David F. Walker. When I talked to him at a con, I'm like, oh, I really like this. He was like, thank you. You're you're the one. You're the guy. Huh? <laughs> you're the dude who was reading. Thanks, man. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 book like like ends with Supergirl appearing, and that at least she appeared in the same way she she arrived in her supergirl book i i was i was so expecting once she appeared that she'd appear in some other like yeah. a fucking spaceship or some right. fucking thing you know bender's not giving a shit or something this this too is the kickoff the prologue for the big superman supergirl crossover which will be i think just the next two issues which again they keep threatening will final finally answer who and what Rogelzar is and what he wants and why Krypton was destroyed and basically everything you didn't already find out in Supergirl and I don't know if you feel the same way I do Matt but I find it so hard to care about why Krypton got blown up because it's not it's not like the death of the Waynes why Krypton got destroyed doesn't affect Superman every hour of every day he was too young to remember it so why should he care yeah, which is why I think they'll probably play it out in the Supergirl book because she's that's like something that haunts her because she lived on Krypton, had friends, family. That's why I think Mark Andreko is probably going to be the one to carry this little crossover in his issue. I think I somehow I think Bendis is just going to relegate all of the important story to um, the Supergirl book, and it's going to be something that everyone somehow misses. Of course. Supergirl has more dogs in this fight, too, as well, because he also destroyed Kandor. <laughs> and she literally has dogs in this fight. Yeah, because Crypto, <laughs> Crypto is... joins. <laughs> and Crypto is a very good boy. We, If, if, if you take nothing <laughs> else away from this, Crypto is a good doggo. <laughs> if you kill him, Bendis. Oh, don't even say that shit, because he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah this will this will make people like me more yeah. i'll age up crypto and then kill him <laughs> what what did tim seeley say tim seeley said something on twitter about writing and it was so profound he was talking about game of thrones and why fans were upset about it and he said something to the effect of angry fans still buy things bored fans don't buy things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm like mm, that is harsh but i agree that it's true, and I think Bendis is living proof of that as he gets older. Whereas, like, no, but 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 shock gets me paid though. Like, look, if I just shock you it's, and make it's you mad, so, it's so fucking true. That 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 issue where like Superboy was aged up and everything that apparently sold really well, and yeah. like, of course it did. People were fucking mad at it. They want to see what it what it is, so they bought the issues. Like, and then then they complained like, I'm never reading this again. And it's like it, you are, but you will. You know, you're still giving this man money. And this money is telling him that what he is doing is right. <laughs> Which, if he had gone the other way, he's like, fine, I'll keep John a kid. But I don't really want to write John, though, because I'm not really interested in him. Then it would have gotten boring. And then maybe we would have stopped buying well, if we had gotten bored. Well, not only that, these same people would still be mad at that because John wasn't being used <laughs> in a book called Superman, not Superboy. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole thing. 
It really is, and it really got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of, uh, what is it, fan anger of the unexpected does drive purchasing. That's not to say every unexpected thing has to be bad. You can be unexpected and be like, whoa, what a great twist. I want to keep reading that because of that. Yeah, yeah, there they be, can be good twists in it, and, but, like, the stuff Bendis is doing is, it's not that it's bad twists, it's just that a lot of it is just, like, why? Twist for twist's sake, that's why like, I, I have yeah. to shake up the status quo here, I have to be different, but we like the status quo, they just got Superman to a status quo that people like for the first time in, like, five years since the new 52 started. Yeah, I I don't get it. At least like in the in the upcoming issues in, in those August solicitation, it looks like he's he's being uh, directed by like the story that Scott Snyder is doing with the Lex Luthor and the how he's become the hybrid Martian Lex clone. Like he's in he's actually in this book. So Apex yeah. Luthor, I think they're calling him. Yeah, and <laughs> when I saw the cover, I'm like, "Oh, are they bringing Telos back?" Because nah. he looks like Telos. He looks a little he like does. Telos. He looks like Telos. I'm like, remember Telos, guys? That character that they tried to make happen but didn't. Telos, the character who we found out later wasn't even Telos. He was actually just some guy who forgot who he was. <laughs> yeah, so the touted son of Brainiac wasn't really the son of Brainiac. No, we have the son of Brainiac. He's just over in Odyssey. <laughs> the justice league book that is good but i feel a lot of people are like no 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 no, no. D- dark and original that's fine we're good i want to read it but i i feel like i'm too it's too far ahead for me to catch up like, i know where the story was kind of going but kind of fell off of it and again it's like well you should like this because dark side's in it and cyborg and jessica cruz get to do things and also here's asriel yeah. for some reason yeah he's a god in space He's For a, some reason. He's a cosmic character. You like these characters, right? We filled it with a bunch of fan favorites. It's like, yeah. But it's like, it just feels like one Justice League book too many. I'm sorry. Also, to, to <laughs> be like, also to have it be like, this is the cosmic Justice League book. I'm like, have you read Vanilla Justice League? They're all up in space <laughs> and cosmic in that. Yeah. Yeah. This, that one should have been the street level Justice League is what it should have been. They should have been on the streets. They should never have left Earth. They should have been fighting drug dealers. <laughs> they should have had to move in to the warehouse that the Aquaman led Justice League was in back in the 90s. They should have had to move into that place. <laughs> they should be the low budget Justice League is what they should be. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, they could have called it uh, uh JLD uh, DIY Justice League do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> See? See the more I talk about that, that sounds like a fun idea. A lo-fi Justice League that still wants to be on top of important issues. <laughs> Green Arrow could lead it, because obviously. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, I just need pointy sticks and I'm good, man. <laughs> you know how much fun. Yeah, and also remember that thing that I had for the Justice League? Oh yeah. Remember that? Oh yeah, I remember the box. Yeah, we forgot about that, that. That I threw that I threw away at the end of my run, but apparently it had something in it, even though I couldn't see it. You know, it was in the box, Matt. <laughs> the plot to Justice League. It, a plot device. That's what was in the box. It was a literal fucking plot device <laughs> that went nowhere. Well, now it seems Bendis wants to take the reins of Green Arrow for his uh, what is it for uh for that Leviathan thing. I- I'm completely fine with that because Green Arrow is a character more suited to his wheelhouse. Little bit, and also Alex Maleev is drawing him, and that's 
That's like a Joel wet dream right there. Hey, you know that Daredevil run you liked from Bendis and Malie? Now what if he did it for Green Arrow? Ah! Oh. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I keep thinking I'm out. You keep pulling me back in. <laughs> I'll read it, but I won't be happy. I'll be very happy about it, actually. <laughs> Alex Maleev is such a nice man. I remember talking to, to Charles Soule when he was just beginning his green or his uh, Daredevil run. And I'm like, hey, you know, do you feel uh, anxious about all the shoes you got to fill? Because it's had like the greatest succession of writers ever. And then Alex Maleev at the next uh, table across while I'm recording, he's like, what, what about artists? You know, what, what about all the great uh, succession of artists the books has had? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, he's right here. Alex. Hey, hey, everyone knows you did great, Alex. You, you did an amazing job. No one could hold your change. You're that great. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that was that was that book. Yeah, I, I don't know what to... This fucking Superman. Just make it good again, please. Or at least make it as good as action. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Action is, is pretty good. Like, action gets a lot pretty wrong good. in terms of canon, but it's never boring. No. It's interesting, but in not. It's interesting, but I don't think people like it because it's interesting, not in the way people want it to be. No, like it's like I, I don't want I don't read something called action comics for like a like a low stakes street level talky Superman spy piece. Like it's the exact opposite <laughs> of action. Yeah. Yo, what if Superman and a bunch of people just talk to each other for a bit? <laughs> what if Superman was the West Wing? I mean, I like that, but I read a lot of comics, so... <laughs> For some, I'm sure it's blatant false advertisement. Yeah. Uh, what else was this week? Uh, ooh. I read the new Guardians of the Galaxy. I did as well. I actually read the, this just before uh, we did this, and I am so fucking glad I did. <laughs> you and me both. Excellent issue. Fun times. Oh my god, this was such a good issue. This is also a good example of, like, okay, we're building a twist. It might seem obvious. Okay, we did the obvious twist, but there's a twist within a twist you weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. You say that, but then, like, there was an... I think it was issue two or three, where I was like, hang on. Wonder if er Eros is involved in this somehow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when I saw this, I'm like, yes, my suspicions were kind of right. You probably liked it, too, because they made reference to a bunch of stuff that happened in Inhumans, and Beta Ray Bill is like, yo, you should read that Death of the Inhumans book. It was pretty good, says Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> I like that panel where it's like, like, where Beta Ray Bill's like, yes, I hated the Inhumans when we fought the Vox and the and a raged brand of Kree and everything. It's like, when did that happen? And it's like, not many people know about that. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I know. He seems <laughs> like yeah, that's yeah, that's. Ex I, I am with I'm with you as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Donny Case. It was just like, and now for a commercial for a book I wrote that you should all probably go read. <laughs> yeah, no one read it. God damn it! And people should have read it. God damn it! Because yeah. it wasn't the death of Inhumans. <laughs> no, in fact, as they even say here, oh, Black Bolt's alive. He just doesn't have his powers. Oh, they're rebuilding somewhere else. No shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun. I also like. Uh, what is it? Peter Quill has a fun moment of like, oh no, he's dead. They shot him. No, I'm fine. I'm wearing body armor. He never used to wear body armor. Yeah, well, after Gamora stabbed me through the chest with a sword, I figure I should start. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That was a good line. Hela gets to be a great villain here. She basically just messes up the entire Dark Guardians team. In yeah, Fire oh Zone. god, yeah, yeah. She and she like makes Frank Castle's Cosmic Ghost Rider like her slave now Which or something makes sense she's the goddess of the dead he's a dead man all right 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's really cool. Uh, I guess kills Gladiator. Or I'm least, not too sure. At least humbles him. Yeah, he's not confident anymore, and confidence is what makes his powers work. It's true. He's just the most confident dude in the room. I I like where it's like, oh, is Wraith and Nebula gonna fight him? And Wraith and Nebula are like, no, nah, we're mercenaries. We're fucking done. We're out of here. <laughs> yeah, I like that as well because like uh, just before that all happens, Wraith gets what he wants, which is the information on um no uh, null. Uh, so he's like, fuck it, peace. I'm out. Once again, we're still building up this huge Venom story. You just you can't get away from Null. Null's and everything. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to read this Venom story, aren't I? It's very much. They seem to be saying no. Really, read this if you haven't. It's good shit, <laughs> and it's not that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, they 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 plan on killing Gamora, but they stop because obviously Hela arrives, and Hela ends up taking her to, uh wherever she kept, like, Thanos' body and everything. And it's here we learned that Thanos' mind wasn't in Gamora. It has to, for Thanos to come back, it has to be in another Titan. Which makes and the other Titan is his brother, Eros. Which I like that Eros didn't know that is the thing. It's only by telling him did Thanos fully take control. I'm like, oh, that's fun. It yeah. was the obvious so he guy. Got triggered. He yeah. got triggered. <laughs> and he Literally. turned into Thanos. And I'm like, that's fun. It was him, but he didn't know. I, okay, I can deal with that, that it was him, but he had no idea. And, and I like that becoming Thanos means that he gains the use of his legs back. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can walk now. <laughs> yeah, he rips out of the Professor X wheelchair and, and he can suddenly walk. His face is still fucked up, though. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because he gets transferred back into his, his old body, which has his head stitched back on. I kind of like the idea, actually, of uh, Euros uh, just being Thanos. And I was like, well, this is my body now. But he's like, no, I want my cool Jim Starling body. I want my cool purple <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah, I want my big sick guns. <laughs> I'm way too small now. <laughs> also, like, everything in my house, the, the clearance is for a much taller guy. It would feel weird. <laughs> Yeah, all my chairs are bigger and and everything. Like I just fall in the toilet seat if I sat on it. <laughs> I love that, especially because if you read uh, what is it that uh, Thanos mini with Gamora, we actually do get to see Thanos's house, and yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. <laughs> it all tracks. Thanos is like, nah, man, I need my old body back. All my pants won't fit. I'm not gonna go buy new <laughs> pants. What am I? What am I made of money? Because I'm the Mad Titan. Because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, I gotta give, uh, what is it, my girlfriend, who is not Mistress Death anymore, but is the goddess of death, Hela, that sweet titan loving, I'm sure. <laughs> so I need my old body back. <laughs> but yeah, Guardians is good. Guardians continues to be fun. Good read. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, but um, but um, I had two more. I had Spider-Man and Justice League. Which one would you like to take? Cool. Uh, well, I'll take Justice League. Yes, let's. Yeah, Justly, this is the penultimate issue in this uh, big uh, six-world storyline build-up to Justice League Doom War uh, story that uh, Scott Snyder's been telling pretty much since the beginning of Metal. Indeed. Um, and yeah, we, we, we see the, the Justice League are trying to escape uh, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen and a crazy cr apocalyptic prison that has krypton cradles that put to sleep people in stasis to re-educate them i love that uh, explanation eight... it's basically just yeah, uh, what it's is cool it? it's demolition man 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're aided, obviously, by their Legion of Doom, who on this world are kind of the world's greatest heroes. Because they have to be, because the heroes all became bad guys, so the villains had to become heroes. Yeah, the heroes all became bad guys. And, uh, he, they explained that Luther became something really bad, but then the heroes became something even worse, thanks to Batman. Love that line from Sinestro. Shockingly, too, this, this issue had, like, some surprising emotional gut punches I wasn't expecting. Like when the villains make peace with the heroes and Sinestro says, you know, never, never let our light go out, John. And, you know, uh, Cheetah and Wonder Woman, oh, we'll, we'll always be sisters in arms. I like the, the, the earlier line from uh, Cheetah where, where Diana calls her Barbaran and Cheetah's like, Barbaran died years ago, but doing this will make her re uh, like come back to life. If being a hero will make her come back to life. That's some really nice connective tissue to be like, oh yeah, Sinestro didn't start as a bad guy and his morality has shifted back and forth. And Cheetah was a good guy too. And her morality has shifted back and forth. That's, that's nice that they get to be the good justice of Lee or uh, the, the good justice league of doom because they were never quite bad guys. Yeah, and it's really interesting as well because Manhunter says that like they're gonna use their inspiration, they're gonna be inspired by the Legion of Doom's heroics. Mm. Uh, so it makes me question like, so what's gonna happen now when they go back to their time? They're gonna obviously remember that. Yeah. So are they gonna like try and tell that to the Legion of Doom or like at least tell like, it to Sinestro? At least tell it to Sinestro and Cheetah because now you know. Oh, hey, in another world, in another life, they actually do turncoat. Yeah, that's that, really interesting. I'm really hoping they do something with that. Um, we obviously have uh, Superman who's still trying to get off the moon, and I I love love the in introduction of something called Grey Kryptonite, which yeah. isn't a physical kryptonite. It's something where Superman, everyone expects all these big things make Superman worried, but it's always the little things. Like, as we see here, he... He, he, him, and John didn't get to light the lantern for Park Kent in the in Smallville's like lantern lighting uh, ceremony. They have to honor the dead of the soldiers who died in wars and veterans and stuff like that. He didn't get to light it because he wanted to do it the traditional way, and John didn't learn it or anything. And it's things like that that like gnaw away at Superman and make him sort of uh, not confident or anything. I like that. It is a nice bit to be like, hey. Just because he's a Superman doesn't mean that he doesn't suffer from all the same little problems that we all do. It's a very humanizing moment. Yeah, and uh, most of the issue as well is built around Batman, and he still kind of he wants to do he wants to like help the World Forger, so he's got to uh, obviously see see his friends and convince them. Uh, but the World Forger decides to show him, I guess, Batman's throne, his his Iron Throne. Mm -hmm. um, Batman will rule all of Westeros. <laughs> yes, which is called the Sunbox, and it's made from Element X. Um, which nice is element, I think, Scott's. Yeah, um, and we found out that Bat this chair can look into people's hearts and like see like whether they're towards doom or or good or anything. Um, but Batman took it one step further because, of course, fucking Batman did naturally, uh, and. And he built that suit. He built the chair into a, the final bat suit. Which I love that. Can re rewrite people's like cells. Yeah, it's the like, ultimate it's weapon. Mind cell by cell. Yeah, it's it's a and, god um, mod. It's a huge ass god mod. Yeah, yeah. It's the Metron chair, but 
but designed by Batman, <laughs> so it's, it's functional. I, again, too, you know, Snyder loves mechs, where it's like, yeah, but what if Batman had another big mech suit, though? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's got to wear this costume to basically call in the co- the crisis anvil and merge the universes together. Uh, and they, they, the Justice League and Legion of Doom think they've stopped it because Jaro sacrifices himself to blow up the suit. But yeah. The suit gets fixed by Batman. Who wears the suit? Now I'm I'm hoping I'm really hoping that this this has some ramifications because Bat- Batman is basically a fucking villain now. Oh yeah, he turns super heel on the rest of his team. My assumption is is in the next issue he's like, oh I did wrong, and he's gonna turn the suit on the bad guys is what he's gonna do. Or this is all part of his plan, and right. somehow he, he's he's gonna get control of the suit, yeah, and turn it on the World Forger or so, destroy. The sixth dimension, basically. I do love the idea, though, that Batman, in his pursuit of justice, he's like, no, I'll betray everyone I have to. Yeah, yeah. I I, I am hoping that they, there is ramifications to this, though. At least someone says, like, hey, Bruce, kind of fucked up there for a minute. Yeah, really. We, we all really believed you turned to the dark side. And Batman's like, hey, hey, <laughs> lie, cheat, steal, Batman. <laughs> these are the codes that i have written on the wall of the bat cave i slap every time i leave the bat cave <laughs> yep lie cheat steal batman you didn't know <laughs> it's superman's at least going to be pretty pissed off because superman's going to be like hey man so i found out you actually flipped the switch that kept me in the dark dimension dick <laughs> i'm looking forward to seeing him come back because this issue like kind of posits that he's still he's like he can't get out of where he is because there's no sun he's only got a certain amount of power left and he's probably got to die but he can't because he's the prime superman and that prime superman has never been in this trap before absolutely and they seek to imply that if superman is able to escape this trap then he will be the strongest superman that has ever lived in the multiverse yeah, I wonder if that comes means that that comes with like extra powers. Like, are they going to make him Golden Age Superman, <laughs> where he can lift planets and, and like throws across the imply. universe? <laughs> I'd love if he, they just like you know what, fuck it, let's just go with it. We'll do it. <laughs> hey, editorial's a joke of this company right now, so let's take the limiters off Superman. Yeah, he, he's throwing planets at this. Meanwhile, some some red mist is trying to kill him in, in Action Comics and almost kills him. <laughs> oh no, the mist, not the mist. Only if I could blow it away somehow. <laughs> if I just take a little, uh, what is it, uh, one of those little dust busters and just sucker up into the dust buster. <laughs> red Cloud defeated. <laughs> But yeah, Justice League continues to be great. One of the best DC books out there right now. One that I'm really excited to read every month. Yeah, it's really cool. And there's less and less of those, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, So I had one last one, and it was Spider-Man. Yes, tell us about Spider-Man. A little uneventful, actually. This is the penultimate issue of Hunted, and I'm shocked again at the pacing of this. It was, wasn't it? Like I, because I, I, I like sped read through all of these to get to this issue, and I'm like, really, this is the panel. This feels like like the start of Act Two. It really, it really does. It's very strangely paced, and some people are like, you know, oh, well, do the tie-ins make it better? No, the tie-ins are really just these weird little kind of one shots that actually don't, uh, don't really. Yeah, don't yeah, really... they're they're one shots that are like like to a specific villain. The only real one that was the last one with the vulture, which was kind of like integral to the storyline. Yeah. It's uh it's a little weird. Also too, 
despite being a big Spider-Man event, Spider-Man is kind of like a backseat player in all of this. He doesn't do much to move the story. In fact, this issue was all about the lizard, Kurt Connors, and how bad he feels about eating his son back in the day, and how, like, he thought <laughs> that he'd have a second chance at being a good dad and a good guy who doesn't eat his children. Yeah, who doesn't, like, commit, you know, cannibalism against his family and all that. And, yeah. and yeah, we, we learned that, like, or, or Billy also learned that, like, he he's not the real Billy, but he is because he has the real Billy's soul and spirit. That's a pretty huge thing to just drop in the middle of this story. To be like, no, 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 Kurt Connors talked to Doctor Strange and his clone son totally has his original son's soul. And it's like, okay, does that mean all of the Jackal's clones from Clone Conspiracy have that? Or is Billy a unique case? And if so, why is he a unique case? And also, is this connected to who the mysterious per, uh, uh what is it uh, blue centipede guy is gonna be because i feel you wouldn't have dropped that here if that wasn't gonna be important yeah it's very good i, I imagine they dropped it just because, just so they could have that thing where it's like where billy was always like like this clone billy was always kind of rowdy and like yeah. not happy with living there because like whenever he went to sleep he saw his father fucking eating him which is dark yeah, so I, I figured that, like, maybe that's what, and that's the only way they could do that. Mm. But they could have done it, like, in, in better ways where he keeps getting flashes of this and he doesn't understand what it is. No. And then in a later story, we get the reveal that he is actually the true Billy. Craven's plan also keeps getting more and more complicated from, I'm going to punish these, uh, what is it, these damn trophy hunters who are, you know, stinking up my land and I'm going to stick it to the costume supervillain community to, oh, I'm going to get rich off doing this. To actually know I want to die and I've set up this plan so Spider-Man will kill me. And in this issue, I had to test him to see if he would be willing to hurt the lizard to try and save Billy. And he did. And because he did that, that means when we fight, maybe he will be willing to kill me. So, I don't understand, like, the beginning of that where, where like, at the at – the, uh, in last issue where he obviously gets attacked by the vermin clones. Mm -hmm. And he gets, like, ripped apart and then – like and like almost fucking killed but then craven saves him yep. and takes him into this into this room with with curtain over and like what was the point of that like what what was the point like that what kind of test was that for spider-man like well that, that you, was you almost fucking killed him <laughs> well i think the idea is is that he hasn't filled arcade in on his full planet it was arcade that sent the vermin clones to attack him and right, i also don't right. think arcade knew that craven saved him <laughs> <laughs> which is weird it's all over the place it really is and it's like how like a story like this seemed like so simple where it's like yeah craven gets all the animal villains under a dome in central park and gets them to fight each other i'm like that's awesome and it's yeah, also and then it then it's then it said like okay then the rich people here but the rich people can also get hurt so he's going to be killing off the villains mm -hmm. and the rich people okay that that's pretty cool that that makes sense but he's going to do that and he's going to make money uh, I'm not sure how, okay. Can, can they pay when they're that, dead? Yeah, but then he's going to fight Spider-Man, but first he needs Spider-Man to, like, kill Kirk Connors or make sure he can hurt Kirk Connors. It's like, okay. Also, okay. also Kirk Connors didn't get brought into the park by Taskmaster or Black Ant. He came in under his own power to get his son back. Yeah. The, yeah, you, this plan is hinging on, on quite a few, like, things that, like, Craven is just like, oh, that might happen. 
that might happen. For a story that's so simple, it's getting needlessly convoluted right by the end. And it's funny, I think at the big, like, year-long storyline that uh, Spencer did in Captain America, just Secret Empire, which was completely airtight, where everything the villain did made sense and everything built on everything else to the big crescendo of taking over the whole world. And I'm like, yeah, Craven is no evil Captain America. Yeah, no, he's, he's, not, he's not that level. He, he could be, he could be. But he's not. Heck, I found this story refreshing at first because Craven's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, kill all these damn 1% hunters and, you know, settle yeah. some debts in the supervillain community. I'm like, oh, that's so cool because his plan has nothing to do with Spider-Man. That's great. And then I'm like, oh, actually, his plan was all about Spider-Man all along. Yeah, it, it, or, and I think maybe that's what Spencer is trying to, like, tell us that, like, no matter what, what Craven does, it always comes back to Spider-Man because of that curse he has. Right. How, how he always... Because they keep reminding us about that curse, how a spider is to kill him. Yeah. A spider is to kill him. And, and that's, like, he's become so obsessed with that that, like, all his plans... That don't involve Spider-Man eventually just end up evolving Spider-Man because like oh maybe this time Spider-Man will kill me. That's that's fair, you know. That's fair actually. That's a pretty decent reading. I'm sure if we uh, talk to Spencer, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, th that's what I meant to do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was always the plan. <laughs> Scribbles it down. We need an extra issue, guys. <laughs> yeah, we, we need one more. We need. I know how to save it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too because he had complete control over this he wrote the tie-ins and he wrote the main yeah. it's not like he was getting pulled or tugged into any direction yeah it's, it's strange very it's strange maybe they will save it in the last issue who knows maybe there's like some big final reveal where you're like oh you were all watching this but it was actually about this yeah yeah Oh, well, they still got to do that stuff that they hinted about with Mary Jane. Yes, that's right. They implied that, you know, maybe maybe the purple centipede guy is in the house with her, but maybe she is that person also. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It is, but uh, yeah, that's, that's everything I read this week. And holy crap, we've almost been talking for a whole uh, two hours. Yeah, yeah, that's every, uh, I did read Giant Man, but I haven't, like, finished it yet. Right, I, I also got Giant Man because I love Giant Man and I want to check that out. I still didn't read pretty, Ages Atlas either, but I want to. Yeah, Giant, Giant Man's pretty cool, and the tagline for it is really cool as well. Nice. Look at these absolute units. <laughs> <laughs> they sure are. They put that on the cover as well. Did they really? That's amazing. Yeah, That's it's like a little writing under the big Giant Man title. <laughs> when writing is good, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, everyone. I guess we can start bringing this show to a close there. Uh, anything you want to pitch, Matt? Anything at all? Uh, no, but I'm going to be, like, dumping a heap of comic reviews in the next couple of days just to catch up on, on my big, big pile that is growing. Get ready for them. I would say, of course, uh, be sure to like, subscribe, comment. It helps drive engagement. If you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else. We are ever so thankful for all our patrons that help us keep the lights on and help me pay Matt and uh, help keep the show uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud and everywhere else where you can listen to it. Um, if you're in the Vancouver area, July 5th to the 8th, I will be at Geektopia at the Harbor Convention Center. Their first year, I that's that's locked in now. I got the tickets. I got all the other stuff. That's happening. I can't back out now. Nice. I will have a panel. I don't know what it's about yet. I pitched them like five <laughs> ideas. When I know, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's just about it. So uh, yeah, let's let's get done with this show, Matt, so we can see what that last episode of Game of Thrones was like. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, and I, and I got to see who won Money in the Bank. Everyone in the Twitter feed is all pissed off. So I'm guessing something <laughs> big happened. Let's let's see what fans are mad or wrestling fans or Game of Thrones fans. It sounds like neither of you got what you wanted tonight. 
Uh, and on that note, everyone, thanks again for listening, and we will be back again next time. Bye-bye. Bye.